All right, hey, uh, Billy Rainford here. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit of 2022 motocross of nations. We've got uh, Greg the Fish Poisson on the phone there. He's uh, he's in the truck driving back home. But, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of talk about it. We've got two perspectives here. I was there. I was kind of behind the scenes seeing stuff. Uh, what was going on? Greg was, of course, watching it on the uh, MXGP TV, YouTube, Instagram, everything that came out and everything. So he probably saw more of it than I actually did because being there, you kind of miss a lot with a track as big as uh, Red Bud is. But... We got lots to talk about, and I know a lot of people have already spoken about things, but uh, man, I tell you, my back went out, and I have had a bad couple days, but uh, we're going to talk about it now, and uh, Greg, first of all, hey, man, thanks for uh, thanks for joining here, and let's, uh, let's talk some Motocross of Nations. Yeah, excited to chat and uh, get a couple different perspectives. You know me, I'm always all over the, the socials, the YouTube, the Instagram, all that stuff. Um, it was uh, interesting to get some different different views on the whole thing and i mean it looked awesome on tv other than sunday being the weather but um i don't know how you got the van out of there because it just looked like a complete mud fest but um yeah it looks it looked like a lot of fun and i mean i don't know i was pretty overwhelmed just by watching all the social media stuff with all the, the partying and craziness going on right right well truthfully when you mentioned that to how i got the van out of there i remember last time we were there i had a hard time getting out and this time i was by myself so i I tried going forward and I did grind to a halt and I'm like, uh-oh. Fortunately, I was on a tiny bit of an uphill, so I backed up, got back onto the grass and then just punched it and made it out of there. But uh, yeah, it was it was a wreck, man. What a, too bad. I mean, I, I mean, you just have to throw MXON in the title and I guess we get rain. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. Yeah, it just seems to be like, it's, I mean, it's fall racing, it's fall motos. It's, you know, you're, you're, we've been getting rain here off and on for the last two weeks. Uh, so it's a pretty heavy rain at times too. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things you roll the dice and Red Bud isn't really that far from us. So they're going to get similar weather systems that we do. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, five hours, 24 minutes is what told, uh, Google maps told me, but I'll tell you, man, that highway 69 is, it was terrible when I was a kid. It's still terrible. And now it's terrible and under construction. So it just made for a nightmare. So I came home a different way, but man, what a wreck Michigan highways are. Yeah. Tax dollars, uh, being used at their best right we always say that about 401 and everything it just i don't know where they all go but they don't go to the roads yeah it looks like they're trying to start i mean oh my god it was a nightmare but anyway all right so yeah so we um yeah i headed down you weren't able to go which was too bad but uh so i headed down by myself my plan was to i had big plans of living the whole track life i was going to go to lot b i was going to you know whatever it became for uh donations to the chaos but uh, my plan was to work away in the uh, media center but with everybody in there, the Wi-Fi was so terrible, and I wanted to get like uh, you know my interviews up and clips and everything. So I was like, well, I can't sit here because I waited for like an hour and it was two percent up to YouTube. So I'm like, I I can't stay here. I got to go find a Starbucks. I got to go get some Wi-Fi. So I didn't do the crazy uh, spectator fan nonsense and wander through the late night pits like I wanted to, which kind of sucked. But uh, well, to be honest, looking back, maybe I'm kind of glad. But uh, anyway, I couldn't do what I kind of wanted to. So I kind of missed, uh, you know, like the pit bike of nations for one thing. I missed all that chaos. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there in late nights, but it gets pretty crazy there. Yeah, I went to Red Bud uh, years ago for the national and and uh, we weren't allowed to go in, in uh, lot B. We were in lot A, but I'd heard all the stories. I Actually, the years, so this is probably like 08, maybe 09. And uh, J-Law came down to the night races and was taking photos of people. And I think that's the, the weekend that he got in big trouble. So <laughs> um, that was that was the one and done for me. Right. I remember I was there that year, too. I remember that. Yeah, when they used to, uh, when races were on Sundays and the amateur stuff went all late night and it just went insane. I remember walking through Lot B 
and thinking I, that's not where I was staying. We were at a hotel, whatever. And uh, I remember seeing people in tents thinking, okay, well, I'll just be safe here in my tent. People were walking right through tents, just crashing over people's tents with people in them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's mental. That's, uh, I mean, well, that's red, but I, I'm sure so, like I saw a U-Haul van getting like, like pushed side to side, like it was rocking. I'm um, sure, you know, they didn't get the rental deposit back on that, but uh, it just looked like, like Woodstock 99 at one point. So if you've ever, if you're not aware of that, I'd recommend watching that documentary. Ooh, you know, it's funny you say that. About a month ago, I watched that documentary. Yikes. Yeah. So it got those vibes a little bit. Yeah. No kidding. For sure. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the crowds were huge. I mean, it did end up great. That, that, that way was cool. The weather was perfect. Just like last year, the weather was perfect on Saturday and then it, uh, it rained on the Sunday. It started just as the guys were lining up, of course. But uh, that track with so much sand now, I mean, it's not your dad's red butt anymore, man. There was so much sand that it it wasn't really a mud race kind of thing. It was just wet, wet sand. So still obviously tough, tough on bikes, as, uh, as we found out for our guys had some problems and stuff like that. But uh, I want to ask you, like... Um, from your perspective, like, what did it look like? Because, I mean, I, I was there, I kind of saw some stuff, but I know that, uh, you know, you look at the results and it's like, what is happening? And obviously on the broadcast, they don't talk about the Canadians, of course, but, uh, you know, what uh, what did it look like to you? What did, what did you think? And then, you know, we can certainly talk about, uh, we'll go through the whole weekend, how it went. I mean, the black cloud wasn't just in the sky. It seemed like it was all over Team Canada's pits. It just was bad luck all around. Um you saw Dylan go down off the start. I mean, he was he was kind of like taken out, I'd say, because that uh, Gertz went pretty pretty hard uh, right. Um, you know, I don't think it was intentional, but it was just like he just went like 90 degrees almost left off, or sorry, right off the start. And then, uh, you know, it just it just didn't seem great. Like he was at, when in that third moto when he was uh, um, he was like seventh for a while. They, he was just in front of a good battle with Tomac and all those guys and. You'd see him in the camera all the time, and they wouldn't talk about him because there was just all these huge heavy hitters just behind him. So he didn't get a lot of coverage, but, I mean, he's obviously riding well. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for Tyler and, and Ryder to be where they were because they weren't, you know, you've talked about it all. I heard actually uh, Dylan lap T-Dags in the last moto, which is like, when does that ever happen, right? Like, even up here in Canada, Tyler was often the second guy and uh, only getting beat by maybe 10 seconds at times. So other times, he's getting beat by 30, but, you know, he, he wasn't getting lapped so right yeah it just looked super one line too after the on sunday after everything kind of cleared off a bit and uh i was just not great yeah i mean it's just unfortunate that we didn't get to see everybody i mean like, like you say the, the shining the shining light of the whole weekend definitely were um dylan's two rides that one where he came from way dead last in that uh, in that qualifying mxgp qualifier dead last up to 10th he caught he caught up to Caroli and Dean Wilson he was right on their wheels at the at the very end. So it was that was incredible. I had people uh, talking. Apparently they weren't talking on the uh, on the broadcast though. <laughs> yeah, they did mention him after a while, but uh, and they did talk about his perfect season up here and stuff. So he get a little bit of love, but not. I mean, like I said, he was in the frame a dozen times, if not more, before they said anything about him. So um, you could see him with that white fox uh, fox gear, the, the white and red gear with the the white and red bike. That combo was killer. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah they just didn't get a lot of love. But I understand, like I said, Tomac was coming through the pack, and it, it mattered for the win where he finished. Sometimes it, it was just a lot going on. Right. So by the way, in that one where uh, Geertz took out uh, Dylan, Geertz ended up winning that. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if Dylan got the same start though? He yeah. might have been up there. And uh, I definitely think Dylan has. As he's shown he's got top ten speed to race against, you know, some of the very best in the world, not just the U.S. And it's unfortunate that some bad luck kind of didn't allow him to show that. 
Right, right. And he was also so at the end of like in the qualifying day, talking Saturday here, he uh, they were so worried, you know, they were just worried that they were going through the clutches. I mean, Derek was saying they even put out a pit board saying clutch just to remind them go, you know, go a little easy on the clutch or you know you want to make to the finish because that sand was so deep and uh, it was just uh, just so tough. But so they took the bike apart, took a look at the clutch plates, and there were some uh, pieces off it. So they did a full engine swap for uh, Dylan's bike on Saturday. Holy smokes, that's a. Uh... That's a fire drill they didn't need to have because I also I heard that they didn't have backup bikes, didn't have spare bikes. A lot of other countries did, which I understand. Like they, you know, we're we're just coming to the end of our season. You know, it's Canadian budgets, but they didn't have spare bikes. So, um, I mean, obviously they, yeah, they would have had to engine swap and whatnot. That's that's a fire drill they didn't need to have. It's a bummer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other guys were taking their uh, second bikes through the through the tech and everything like that. We took, uh, you know, we didn't have those. But anyway, um, yeah. So. And then, uh, so yeah, Dylan opened everybody's eyes going from last to 10th, and I thought it was pretty funny. I heard someone else say that they, uh, someone in the announcers was saying that, uh, yeah, there's Dylan right up there in 10th place. Oh, I thought that was him that fell at the beginning. I guess it couldn't have been because there's no way he'd be 10th now. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they made that remark a few times, and it was just clear that, yeah, you know, I don't know what the heck was going on, but like he was just flying. And it's, it's you know, the, the qualifier group, because there is the A and the B group, so he definitely had um, some you know, that's to say not top quality guys to, to get by. He would have been like racing me out there or something, but, um, you know, he definitely, he got through some very good, very fast racers. Um, so it's, you know, just lucky he got from like, literally dead. I posted a, a photo that you took on my, uh, on my Facebook of him being down off the start and everyone's already in the first corner. He hasn't even picked his bike up yet. Yeah. That's easily my fate. Like I said, in the Instagram post, that's definitely my favorite photo. I can't think of a, a more favorite photo I've ever taken out of motocross of nations. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it just says a lot. Like I just said, I, I put my caption was uh, the definition of never give up because he could have definitely, you know, pulled off or, or just not rode that well. And he just he just went for it. He just pulled a Dylan and just pinned it and, you know, worked out. Right. Okay. So then MX2 went out next. That was uh, Ryder McNabb, 16 years old, youngest kid ever on our team, gets out there. He's our MX2 champ here in Canada. Uh, he ended up, what he ended up, I guess he qualified 16th out there. Um, Justin Cooper qualified first, by the way. So I know uh, Ryder's race, he went up from, he was 20th off the start kind of thing. Moved his way up, looked good. 16th qualifying in MX2. I mean, it's funny because I, I joked with him after in our, in our interview. It's like, you know, you're looking at, you get passed. Normally up here, it's like maybe one or two guys that are ever going to pass you. And you're getting guys passing. Like, I don't even, I can't even read that last name. I don't even know what that name is. So it's just kind of an eye opener, pretty weird. Yeah, I think with Ryder, he just, you know, he it's he said it right there. He's the youngest person to ever be on our team. He is also our 250 champ. So it's here that's different than obviously down there. I mean, the, the designations or MX of nations, whatever you want to call it at this point. I think it's MXON, but I've always called it designations. Um, you know, it's it's a huge grand scheme. Ryder's still a kid, and I know he is our, a top 250 pro in Canada. But I'm sure he still looks up to some of these guys, like, you know, these guys he's racing against. And, you know, I know he spent a little bit of time with, like, the Lawrence brothers when he's been down south. But, like, he's still a kid. You know, he's still young and he's still, like, he still has a bit of fan in him, which I, I appreciate and I respect. But I think that got to him a bit that he was racing some of these guys he sees on TV. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I talked to him and he didn't, you know, he didn't want to admit that by, by any means kind of thing. But you wonder, you know what I mean? 16 years old, like you say, these kids out there. I mean, these other guys that are just just legends, right, in the sport kind of thing. And I, I don't know if he was overwhelmed by it or not. But uh, like I say, he didn't admit that. He certainly didn't say it. 
but uh, it's 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 experience now. And I mean, he's a kid that came up through you know the Orange Brigade program. He was a a kid that all the amateur in the amateur ranks, everybody was looking at him. So he's he's used to the pressure. So I uh, I certainly don't think he's a kid that uh, would struggle with that. I wouldn't have thought that's for sure. No, but I think it's also his first time being exposed to that too, right? He hasn't done anything really in the states. He's raced obviously amateur stuff is completely different. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't done any pro events in the states. Uh, you know, this was his first time in in the big show, and uh, you know he did like I said. I don't know. This isn't a dig at Ryder because he's he's shown how good he is. But it's I think that's and it's if if he fully admitted that, which he won't because he's an athlete, he's a pro racer. But if he admitted that, I'm sure no one would would say, hey, like that's you know toughen up. Like it's hey, it's a big deal, man. Like it's you're racing against Antonio Caroli. Like he, I know we're not the same class, but they'll be out in there the same motos at times, and like it's. Big, big guys. Yeah, for sure. And I talked to him because I know we we talked about that uh, um, Villeman comment about how, you know, a 250 guy has to know he's going to get roosted all day. He has to know he's not going to get the whole shot, you know. And, I, you know, I'm thinking Ryder is that guy. He's not going to give a shit. He's just going to push, push, push and keep going and going and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's a tough day at the office in that 250 class. Yeah, like his starts weren't even on point. Up, up here this year, right? There's times you come around about tenth, and you say that the talent pool was not, you know, it's 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 not even close to being what it is up uh, down there. Or what he would have faced at the destination. So it's, you know, his starts weren't great, and they just got amplified, you know, by ten uh, when he's at Redbud. Right, for sure. And we'll talk about the actual uh, the three the three motos on Sunday. And I'm just kind of still talking about the qualifying here. So, yeah, he ended up qualifying sixteenth, like we said. Um, yeah, uh, Dylan was 10th. And then we went to the open class, MX3. Uh, Tyler Medallia ended up uh, 25th. He started off in 21st. He got hit. And, I mean, this I didn't even know this, but uh, until the next day after the first after his first motor, to be honest with you, but uh, he actually got uh, hit. I uh, said a handlebar got him. He, that weekend was six weeks, I think, to the day, basically, of the Walton crash that actually broke his hand. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I applaud Tyler for suiting up and for representing his country for you know however many times it's been now. I'm sure it's close to double digits, if not, it already is. Um, you know, I just think that he was he was he didn't want to admit he was as hurt as he was. And I mean, Red Bud's breaking wheels like crazy. I'm sure it's you know it's not hard to break a hand with some of those impacts. I know he got hit, but still, like, it's just uh, it's just that's a place that something like that's going to happen. And unfortunately, we didn't need that. We needed someone that was a bit you know, a hundred percent. And, and, uh, like I said, Tyler was great to line up. I, I heard from other people. He didn't complain once. He just went for it. Typical Tyler, toughest guy out there, but yeah, he just, he was, uh, he was had a broken hand at a track with huge jumps. So, you know, how, how, what do you expect? Right. Right. And he's always, you know, he always comments on how ridiculous the guys are in the first couple of corners, just smashing into each other and banging and stuff like that. And, and like I say, I didn't know, and he qualified 20, uh, 25th so it's kind of like well come on come on Tyler what's going on here but uh and like I kind of said in my Monday morning coffee thing it's uh as a racer six weeks out he thinks he's going to be fine so of course he's going to say yeah I'm good man put me in coach right but uh I guess like I kind of alluded to oh I said that comes down to the managerial position to say you know what it's a little too important a little too close we're going to grab someone else who who's showing speed so and again this is in hindsight right this is hindsight if going into it I probably wouldn't have said this either but now I'm saying it because I have the, the benefit of the hindsight that, yeah, looking back, we should have said, you know what, Tyler, sit this year out, uh, get ready for next year. Yeah, and nobody, you know, at the end of the day, we always talk about keyboard warriors and critics and stuff. They wouldn't have 
I don't think they would have really bagged on him too hard for sitting it out. Like he cartwheeled huge at Walton. That was bad. He was, his head was banged up, his arm, his wrist, like, or sorry, his hand. But he suited up like any racer would and, and he went for it. And, you know, I, in hindsight, does he wish he did? I don't know. But I think Tyler, you know, he, he answered the call again. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, like I say, I didn't realize what had happened because I just put. Uh, on race day, I just kind of, after each moto, I would kind of put a picture of each guy and then kind of sum up what I saw at the races. And I didn't realize, you know, I just saw his finishes and I was kind of like, okay, boy, that's not, uh, that's not what we're expecting. And then he called me over before the third one and showed me his hand and said he broke it and he rebroke whatever. I'm not sure how it actually happened. You know, it was obviously still, still not healed, but uh, he said he went to get x-rays and at the uh, Alpine Stars medical unit there on after qualifying. And went in there and they took an x-ray and they could see from the side they got a cool machine that you can kind of rotate the x-ray and stuff and from the top it looked fine but as you rotate it around to the side it was just a mess and even when he pulled in the front brake you could actually see the bone moving so that's ah, not good but, all right so then okay so we go into all our qualifiers plus two 10th, 16th, 25th so not great but uh, we're heading in with uh, you know we put some stuff together in the motos now the problem, next thing the problem was, I remember, okay, so Saturday evening, we're all in the media tent. We're all waiting to see, okay, where do we qualify? Where is it? We're all waiting for them to get the printouts. I'm sitting there working away on uh, photos and stuff. Carl Bastido, our, our manager came in. He's like, he sits down and we're like, okay, well, uh, you know, he's like, I'm gonna wait till the results get printed up and then I'm gonna head, the team's gonna go for dinner. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll, uh, I'll, I have a bit more work to do here, but I'll meet you guys all there. So then uh, he gets up, goes over, gets results and leaves. Right, so the next morning is when the chaos started. So I guess this is something that I guess being at home, you wouldn't have seen any of this, right? You didn't realize uh, what was going on, right? No, I had no idea. Um, you know, I saw from some socials and stuff like that, like uh, that people were able to post that, like, oh, where's Team Canada? Like, there's nobody. Like, it was weird that there's they're waiting for Team Canada to come out and practice at all, and there's no one. I know Dylan got out for one lap, but like other than that, he wasn't there. Um, <laughs> So there's a lot of like, holy crap, like what's happening here? Um, so you mentioned that, uh, and I actually heard about this on another podcast too, uh, New Fingali's podcast that, that uh, Carl went to go get the wristbands for Sunday and uh, was going to get the results and grab them, I guess, a bit too early, as you mentioned. So I, maybe, maybe you can kind of lead us in on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that's just what, I, you know, um, my sheet, showed i mean the results i posted and everything because i guess i got the right ones again i don't know what uh, i don't know how it exactly happened who handed him these where he got the results or whatever but uh his said group two the correct results said they were in group one for practice so group one went out team canada's not there so group two comes the guys show up thinking everything's fine they roll up and they're uh, all of a sudden i'm like oh what's going on here dylan's getting turned around and i'm like what the hell is going on so i mean i'm going to put up video because i shot video of this whole thing about uh, what happened there and the words and what was being said and i mean and carl is holding a sheet that says group two you know so he's got a great argument and he's like well i'm holding this it says right here group two let's let them go and they're like no you're group one you missed your practice we weren't gonna let you go they turned everybody around Ryder was back at the pits tyler was la had left and then all of a sudden they called Tyler back because it looked like, oh, no, we're going to go still. Well, so as he comes back, Dylan squirts around the edges, goes out for a thing, and the, the, you know, the officials are all pissed off. Tyler's trying to go. He's waving his arms. He's like, let us have one lap of practice. There is a huge space. There's nobody out here. Let me go. 
they said he just looked at Tyler and said, "Don't do it." <laughs> and so, and Ryder was already gone back, so Tyler didn't get to go around. Dylan came around, got one lap that yanked him off. They went back, and uh, yeah, so nobody got to practice. Maybe, maybe that was a blessing. Who knows? Tyler didn't need any more time on that hand. Um, the bike, who knows? I mean, Justin Pecker was the only one who had uh, a whole lot of work to do because Dylan went out and uh, did a lap. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of chaos. The guys were kind of laughing a bit, smiling. You know, we kind of had to brush it off. So what are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do? You're, <coughs> you're not going out for practice. Go get ready for the moto. So it was a bit of a drag, but it looked like... Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden I put up that we weren't allowed to go. So then people freaked out on the FIM and the MXGP thinking it was them, you know, telling us we couldn't go. Then it's like, well, no, there was a mistake made. But still, even so, with the printout that Carl had, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I see what happened here. Go do, go do some practice and we'll go from there. You know what I mean? But that didn't happen and that kind of sucked. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. It's it's just a, like it's just this. it seems to be that this stuff happens at this event. Um, you know, it's, it's, you can point fingers all day, but I mean, Carl didn't do it intentionally. He didn't, he wasn't, he didn't see Tyler's, like, I don't even know if he probably looked at it. He probably said, okay, this is the practice or wherever you are, um, you know, in the rankings and they go even goes in one practice, odd goes in the other. And, uh, you know, he, he tried, like he just, he grabbed the, he grabbed the right sheet. It was just at the wrong time. Did he, should he have noticed that Tyler wasn't on there? The, all three guys results weren't on there. Then he, yeah, of course he should have, but. I mean, there's nothing you can do after the fact. You didn't get practice. And you said, yeah, maybe it was a blessing. Yeah, exactly. And, and some of the guys, I mean, some of the other guys in the team were like, uh, they're kind of mad at themselves because, you know, they feel that had they looked at the sheet, they would have noticed that that uh, third one wasn't on there. I mean, that third one, we didn't even talk about that. That's where Tyler came across the finish line, got the ra- in his qualifier. He was 20th, got the random uh, 20th or 21st, whatever, got the got the random sound thing and his, his insert had come out. So he failed the sound tech check. So he got five positions docked. So that, uh, you know, so that affected everything, our results, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, so that, uh, that way well, he's got uh, thrown out or whatever. But anyway, so that's uh, another bit of a, a problem there too, right? We got to that little bit of a docking and qualifying. So that was a bit of a drag, but um, didn't really, didn't amount to anything when all was said and done on Sunday. So it's just, a tough way to tough way to start the day with a, a bit of a higher you know your heart rate goes up you're stressed out it's not what you need you know that's kind of uh, like i say a tough way to go but i said the guys kind of put it behind them and got ready for the races yeah it's just like i just said it's you know it's it just seems to be anything that's going to happen will happen at this race i don't know why i feel like we have a good team we had so, like the best guys in canada to go our two champions they were on their their own bikes uh, out of their own truck, you know, we weren't renting anything. We weren't, I'm sure we weren't riding like 08 CRF 450s, like they were on their own bikes. And uh, yeah, it's just, it just like, what are the odds that a, uh, the insert comes out of Tyler's pipe? When is that going to happen again? Probably not ever. It just happened. It happened to be when we needed it the most. No, yeah, like when we needed the most, it's a, a, a huge event. Yeah, it's tough. And I know poor Jeff, uh, Tyler's mechanic, he was he was pretty upset and stuff. But he showed me the uh, the little clip that goes in. And literally, he goes, you tell me which way that goes. This is apparently direction. It's like, you, I, I don't know. I mean, someone, a mechanic out there is going to maybe roast me for this. But I looked at it, and I, I couldn't see that there was a difference in which way it went in. So anyway, that's uh, unfortunate. But again, like we say, that didn't really amount to anything in the end. When all is said and done. So that was really no uh, no consequence, really. But uh, just kind of a, another shitty thing to happen that, uh, you know, adds up to the whole thing. But yeah. yeah, just like I say, just all part of it. And 
nothing we could do. Just had to keep going. But just, you know, get keep getting punched in the gut. Eventually, you're going to go down. Right. And we I don't know if you want to talk about this. Like, what did you hear? I mean, I know uh, we kind of – Team Canada took some heat for that uh, late GoFundMe uh, campaign that went up, you know, to kind of support the team. What, uh, what are you hearing about that? Do you want to comment on any of that, or what did you think there? I think it's more optics. If anything, I've, I've been told, uh, you know, that Carl pays from, you know, his own pocket or CMA money. I'm not sure where all the money comes from, but, you know, it was just optics and it was timing. It didn't need, you know, if, if that was the case, we needed money or it was to help recoup from personal expenses. Um, you know, a week before, it doesn't really look good. It looks very unorganized. Um, you know, I've heard in other podcasts uh, that, you know, each, like, uh, for example, Alex and, and Dig, um, Derek Schuster and Alex from Global Quit are out their own money, like 10 grand plus, just to do this event. So, you know, and they're not asking for, for GoFundMe's or anything like that. So it's it's a weird, there already is this controversy of what, like, how our team is run and who runs it. And it just didn't look good. And I, I don't blame anyone for kind of questioning that because, like I said, it didn't look good. Right. And I spoke with uh, Derek Schuster about that exact thing, about the, the costs and stuff. I mean, Derek, he had two riders on the team. And when they were going, and it was just a drive away, so it's like, you know what? We're not just going to do a skeleton crew. We're bringing our guys. Like Colton Fasciotti was there for SSS, right? Justin Pecker was there. Derek was there. Ryan Lockhart was there as a spotter and a helper with the mechanics and stuff. So they had full full crew for sure, man. And and Derek did also say that uh, that number that you're talking about that he, he was out was a bit uh, a bit over what actually it was because he did get some I know toys for big boys stepped up and helped him out so he did recoup some of that money so it wasn't as bad as what those guys said it was but uh it was it did That's fall good. on it fell on Derek to actually find some money for that so you know again like we say Carl that GoFundMe thing went up we were going anyway the stuff was being paid for that was being paid for anyway this was just stuff to come back to help out you know what I mean to to go back to help Carl out for the money that he did put out. Like, he doesn't seem to care. He's like, yeah, it's just what it costs. I'm going to put this out and we're going to do it. And if we get some money back, great. So, I mean, it didn't affect anything. Like you say, it's just optics. It didn't look good. Because the people who see that, like, what the hell? Are we even going to be able to go? It didn't affect that. Yeah, but I, like I said, it, to me as a as a fan and as, you know, a, a part-time media guy, you know, half-assed, we'll call it, whatever you want to call my role, <laughs> um, you know, it's it just didn't look good. And for me, I'm like, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, shit, like, you know, people are going to be pissed about this. Um, so it's just one of those things where just the timing and the optics just didn't look great. Right, right. And I kind of, again, I'm going back to my uh, Monday morning coffee thing. We're talking about uh, maybe it's time for Carl to be mentoring somebody to kind of fill these shoes. I mean, obviously, the, he's he's not a young, he's not a young man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, how many more years? He has said that he wants to do it again next year. So he's already... You know, he's already put that word out there that he wants to be back next year. But I really hope we're kind of mentoring someone. I'm not sure uh, where we go in the future because, you know, when Carl steps aside, we've had other people that are going to have to get along with the CMA if it's going to keep being CMA. So, I mean, that's another whole conversation, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I think, like, when it comes to like, Carl's obviously, you know, he's gone so many years, he's experienced. But, you know, you start having mistakes like we did this year, kind of just you, you start shaking your head. You're like, why is this even happening that if he's been here so often? are gone so often i mean in my opinion you know Dick's running the race day operations for example at redbud we needed a guy like kt like kevin tyler or even out like we needed someone that's also a team manager to be the overall race day guy um you know carl's uh still as much as we like to say you know with the cma we can go down that that could be a three-hour podcast uh, it's a gong show and carl is our liaison for them i guess or the point man 
but uh, we do need someone that's, I think, a bit younger, a bit more modern uh, to be running race day stuff, to go get the results, to go do this, to, to maybe find these things that um, we missed this year. Right. And I, I know uh, I asked Derek straight up, I go, what was your official rule? And he kind of was the, he said I was the operations manager. So he is kind of the race day guy. Um, and then we got, you know, we talk, I talked to a whole bunch of people about this on the team and stuff. And it's like, we kind of need, uh, and I'm going to bring Courtney Lloyd's name in here because uh, fantastic job she does on the on the finer points of, uh, you know, the, the logistics of it, getting the team together for dinners, getting cool places. I mean, there's somewhere in the middle I think we can be, we, uh, we could have someone who gets all that stuff organized and then someone who is the point guy in the pits with problems, who solves the problems, who does stuff at the track, right? So, like, like we just said, and Derek was kind of the operations manager, but he also has, and you mentioned KT, well, this year, we had Kevin Tyler had his whole rig there. He was rented out to a team. We had uh, the Japanese team. We had the PRMX crew was all there and theirs. They had it rented out to the Ecuador team. Or were they Venezuela? Ecuador, I believe. Anyway, so, I mean, those guys were busy doing their own thing because they had their, their people there helping them out as well. So they rented that out. So uh, what, that wouldn't happen, obviously, in Europe. Like, next year, we're going to France. So we need to, uh, we need to sort that stuff out. Yeah, I think we just need guys to go. Like, it's, you know, it's... The grand scheme of it, can we get some extra budget to fly, you know, another, like a Courtney or a KT or someone over, um, you know, I'm sure it's, it's possible um, and have them, you know, either get, either they donate their time or whatever the case may be. But it's, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you look, it's all hindsight. That's, that's the best way to put it. It's all hindsight after the fact. We need these people. Um, I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of everyone comparing us to the States. The States has, you know, more budget. They have everyone's there you know all the big manufacturers all the sponsors everything's there and they have the best in the world in my opinion um racing for them so they had like paul parabinos from renthal uh organizing i call it i forget what he called the the the, um, the organization or the, the event but you know some way to, to raise money and raise awareness for team usa and uh you know he was doing that but he was also there on the day as another role for team or team uh us so you know, it's definitely not, uh, it's not a far stretch to say, hey, we need more guys, more people, more staff. Um, as you mentioned, like you said, Carl's got to be over, he's got to be 70 something. Like he's up there and, uh, you know, he needs to be, he needs to be mentoring someone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah, I think we, uh, we kind of covered on that. I don't want to, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. I'm just, we're just like, like I said, again, Monday morning coffee is just kind of, post-event uh, dissecting of what uh, what happened and what maybe we could change and stuff like that. So it's by, by no means trying to throw anyone under the bus. It's just, and like I always say, I'm pretty sure everybody tries to do a good job. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody does something and, and doesn't. So, it's so you know, but uh, like you say, maybe there's maybe time for some changes. Not even changes, just a kind of grooming. We need to groom someone else in there. Uh, yeah, and just kind of just because be ready. Be ready for uh, the future, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, now we haven't even talked about the racing. So, so, <laughs> what about on Sunday? So obviously this is something where uh, obviously the broadcast shows the battles at the front. So you probably didn't get a great view of uh, how our Canadians were doing. But we had some we had some issues. We had some uh, some things happen. I mean, uh, man, Dylan Wright with that uh, MXGP, the first moto, MXGP, MX2, up in 11th place, has that crazy crash, gets landed on, he's stuck under, he's just way last place, right? And um, ended up, you know, his hip was sore. I don't know if, uh, again, I got some video of this too. So when he got back on the bike for that, his next motor, the third one, he had to kind of swing his leg and get it going to get it up over the bike. So he was riding in some pain. Yeah, he. I think, I think he finished just behind Ryder in that moto, 31. Yeah, 30-31 they finished. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I didn't see the crash on TV, but I saw it afterwards. You posted as well. So something you couldn't really see, I just thought he went down. That's a pretty bad crash, and he got hit by a few guys. Um, you know, I'm sure it was it was everything he could not to pull off because he's just beat up. He didn't get any points, but, you know, Dylan is a true warrior, and he went for it. Um, came back through, and he's obviously in some pain. It's it's just one of the, like I, I, I keep going back to it, but it's just like the luck. Like, when is the last time we saw Dylan cartwheel his brains out or crash at all? Not very often, and uh, I can't remember really the last time he had a banged up bike. And you know he's first moto of, on Sunday, whom he goes down and gets landed on. Right. Yeah, I think he went down again. He came in uh, came in for goggles that first mo- lap too. So he's just so far back. And then uh, yeah, like you said, he ended up thirty first. Uh, and then Ryder McNabb got out there. He was up. Uh, I think he was in twenty eighth place, kind of thing. So again, not not great. Obviously, we're not where he'd want to be. And then he washed out the front end over kind of, uh, I want to say over by the tabletop before the Larocco's Leap kind of thing. And I know he washed out the front end apparently. Again, it's such a big track. I couldn't, I didn't see it. I was at the other side. But so that dropped him down to 33rd. So he didn't give up. He kept me, made a couple more passes up to up to 30th. So um, again, like I say, that's not, it must be weird for a champion of your nation to go down and end up being 30th, right? I mean, it's just, uh, that can't be, that can't be easy. No, and the track was probably at its worst at that point. Being a sandier track now, it definitely, like, it, it was better than it being thick mud, but, I mean, it was pretty gross in the morning. The B final was was gross. Uh, it was just disgusting, to be honest with you. I didn't have any desire to, to ride that track. Um, and the first motos were just after that. So, uh, you know, definitely not great. Right, right. And in that one, uh, Tomac and Geertz were out front. They were a whole minute ahead of third place. That was a pretty crazy race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just shows, like, <laughs> Tomac and Sexton have been doing that all year in the U.S. Nationals with some of the best guys in the world. So um, shows that they were on another level. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, 30, 31st in the first one. Headed back to the pits, regrouped, getting ready for MX2. Well, then uh, it was weird, too, because it would kind of clear up, and then all of a sudden the rain would start as soon as the guys would hit the gate. What a drag, especially for me with camera gear. It's like you go out thinking, okay, it stopped, then it starts pouring. It's like, well, i got to go back and get uh, – anyway. But, uh, yeah, so tough, tough. Uh, MX2, sight lap. Well, Ryder McNabb has bike issues. Now, I guess you wouldn't have known anything either watching at home, right? So you'd just be kind of like, oh, where the hell's Ryder? Yeah, I didn't see anything. I, I didn't know. Like, it's, it's, that's the thing is it's so tough with, with lack of Wi-Fi. And they have all this infrastructure put in place for this to, to work well. And, and you know, you were, you were going to getting updates, spotty updates from people. And, and even then, you wouldn't know that unless, you know, you're you're focused on it. So Racer X, uh, you know, these other major publications mention anything about Ryder because you know he's on team canada that's not uh, unfortunately you know they're, they're not heavy hitters in this event you know we're, we're shooting for top tens top five is like a win for us um so yeah they didn't even focus on it until after you i think you texted me and told me that, that yeah that was because i mean i was literally unable to post anything i was uh, end of the day i think i'd be back at the, in front of the starbucks or hotel wherever i was and finally something from the morning would go up you know what i mean so it was just painful so what i did is I ended up shooting a lot of video, so I'll be able to, I'll, I'll be putting that up later, just kind of show, because I, okay, they're out there, the second one was MX2 and open, so uh, Ryder and Tyler are out there, uh, they head out, all of a sudden, we're, where the hell is Ryder, the next thing I look over at turn two, and there he is pushing his bike back towards the start, well, not even towards the start, back behind it, back into the crowd kind of thing, and in, in the pits kind of thing, outside of the, the guarded gate to get you to the actual starting line, so he pulls over, um, I'm just rolling the camera there, just uh, recording it all. And he's talking with Derek and Derek's like, what's wrong? And he's like, well, the bike cut out like four times on me. When I let off the gas, it would just stop. 
Uh, so what he did is, you know, that huge uphill triple, he went up that and then the bike quit. So he was able to turn around, roll down the hill, get it back up the top of the next hill, but then it quit again on him. So then he was pushing it in. Derek took it for a ride. It actually sounded fine. So they assumed it was something electrical. Something got wet, right? The, you know, we're kind of kind of guessing and stuff. So Derek just said to the rider, he's like, listen, go out, race. If it cuts out on you once, then quit. You know what I mean? But uh, let's, let's go get you on a line. Then they weren't going to let him through the gate. So again, I've got all this on video. They weren't going to let him through the gate. And then uh, I think the Venezuelans or Ecuador, some, another team tried to get in too, but they didn't even go out for the site lap. So it's like, no, 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 dude, you got a different problem. We went on the site lap, let us back in here. So Ryder goes in, goes to the gate. Tyler's lined up with the rest of the guys. Ryder, I'm like, okay, Ryder's going to line up. He's going to be way outside here, but okay. I don't have time to get to the first turn. I'll go over here to the second turn and get some video, photos, whatever. Well, Ryder doesn't come around. So now we got no Ryder in there. And I guess they told him he wasn't allowed to ride now. So, man. That's, uh, I mean, that's just adding to this whole thing about, like, our luck is... So why is he not allowed to go in, right? Like, it's, if that's in the rules, what, they're enforcing rules sometimes, not other times. Like, it's, he went up for the site lap. I mean, with that track, too, there's some huge jumps. you got to commit to them right from the corner, especially on a 250F. And, uh, you know, for it to be cutting out, that's definitely a mess with riders' confidence and his ability to ride the bike. So I'm glad Dig actually hopped on it and kind of said, you know, it might be electrical. They, they definitely had to wash the bikes in between motos. It have been a loose connection. Who knows? Electrical demons are the worst because they're just so hard to figure out. But uh, yeah, it's just like what, like what are we doing um, to get this kind of luck? Like I'm, I'm sure there was a, you know, a truck full of mirrors that they that we broke on the way down or something. <laughs> I don't know. But just, just a couple black cats. I don't know. Yeah, but, it's it's so tough, man. It's such a like a one-off event to 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 have ba- a bad day. Just just everything gets magnified, and it's just just really sucks. So now, so now we're down to one rider out there, and I couldn't understand why Tyler was way back. You know. He, Started off 31st. Uh, I know he got held up a bit in the first turn and stuff. There was a crash. He looked like he had a good start, and then guys cut around and then just crashed their brains out coming from out wide. He got stuck behind a guy briefly and stuff, and then, you know, it's enough to get you off your game. So he heads out, and at this point, I didn't realize his hand was broken, right? So I'm, like, thinking, okay, boy, okay, let's start moving up. He ends up 29th. So I also also thinking, too, um, Ryder, say he had gone out, we did get a, a number. Say he got 30th again, it wasn't going to change our results because a 30-31 is what we ended up throwing away anyway kind of thing. So it's it really didn't affect our overall, I wouldn't say. No. So, unless... Yeah, it's, it's one of... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't I don't really know. It's, it's just one of those things. Like, Tyler's out there riding injured, and, uh, you know, our, our, our MX2 champ, or 250 champ, I don't know why I ever say MX2, uh, you know, it's not even on the line. It's going to throw everything off because... Hopefully Tyler didn't see that because I would have thrown him off a bit too. But he might have, you know, he might have seen that or seen the commotion. It's just like, oh, geez, it's all on me now, and I'm hurt. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, difficult situation to be in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the one there. And then, uh, sorry, just moving into the next one is where I'm at the because I went back to after that race, I was able to go get some bit of bit of Wi-Fi at the media center, and I put up a couple photos and I put the results, and I'm like, you know, I didn't see, but Tyler was back in 29th, and I explained what happened with Ryder. And then that's why when I came over, I don't know if Tyler saw it or somebody somebody mentioned it or something. That's when he called me over when he was in staging before they did their sight lap. And he's like, hey, man, uh, check this, you know, have a look here. My hand's broken again. So he he basically moved his hand and you can see the bone moving. So he's like, yeah, every time I pull in the front brake, my the bone goes up. And I'm like, oh, God, look at that. So I'm like, oh, okay, so that's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tyler's, uh, 
these teams have no no if he doesn't have any luck, it's it's always just gonna be bad luck at this point. So um yeah, that's brutal to hear. It's, I mean he toughed it down. I heard like I said he didn't complain at all. He was just out there going for it. You know, once you're there you can't really sub someone else in. So uh he, he knew he had a job to do. He could have easily not raced, but he still went out there and you know did his best. We would have done worse if, if he hadn't raced, right? So yeah, picture your picture. You know, any other job, any other thing where you look down and the bone is moving in your hand, and you still need to go out and ride another moto in that. You know what I mean? Like that's just you know, I take a week off work. Most people would, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, at least yeah, at least. I mean, he's he's already been hurt from Walton, and then he traveled to the ISDE, he didn't race there. I mean, he's just been yeah, poor guys been beat up. So it's a bummer. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about that uh, the final moto because again, we got one more. Uh, Bright spot. Dylan Wright provided another another bright spot for us, getting a good start, being up there in seventh early. Uh, he, again, of course, had, like you mentioned, some heavy hitters behind him that ended up getting around him. But then, boom, again, there he goes, him and Antonio Caroli battling. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Dylan's no slouch. He's, like, he's it's a joke, you know, he's racing against guys up here that have full-time jobs, but he's still winning. He's still staying up. It's You know, he still is racing some full-time racers as well, but race against a guy like Antonio Garoli, who's a multi-time world champ, um, you know, it's just got to be good for his confidence. And I know I saw a lot of comments, hey, he's got, Dylan's got to get to the States, he's got to get here, he's got to get there. You know, I don't know what's happening 100% with him, but, um, you know, that's like, what a what a feather in the cap to be battling with Antonio Garoli. Yeah, it was good. He kind of lost time. I mean, he caught him so much in that first race, I kind of thought he would have been... Uh had a little more form, but he's certainly, like I say, when he tried to get back on the bike, he was swinging his leg to get it up and over. So he was riding through some pain. Um, Caroli got away from him a little bit, but uh, and then he ended up kind of by himself because there was a huge gap back to 11th from him. So he uh, he had a good race, a lot of people talking about it. Uh, oh, I want to mention too, because uh, Tyler obviously went from a, you know, a 30th place start, ended up 29th. So again, not great. Obviously, we don't need to talk too much about uh, him going through his pain in his hand. Tough conditions, wet sand, mud, blah, blah, blah. Tough, tough, tough. But did they show in the broadcast, I was standing in the first corner, and I took video, and uh, Mattia Guadagnini held it. He must have gone by me doing like 60 miles an hour, tried to rail the outside. Did they show that? Uh, I didn't see it. Oh. Um, I don't remember, but I, I mean, they might have at the time, but I didn't see it. Those guys are just on another level for just being wide open and and you know, we hear it all the time. It's it's there's less of a courtesy at other events than there is in Canada. That's for sure. Oh my! Well, you should have seen how you, I got the video, and he just goes by me so fast in the in the through the through the through the lens. But uh, of course, Tyler was kind of following around the outside. Well, of course, doing 60 miles an hour into that muddy first turn, he tried to just rail the outside, and like like ridiculously fast. Of course, it didn't work. He I missed it because he went by so quickly. But I turned over. He's of course crashed his brains out. Tyler went right into him. So Tyler's down in the first turn. So basically heading out almost last too. So that didn't help, of course. So that's kind of what happened there for anyone who didn't see that. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to it, but just bad luck. What are we, you know, Tyler's hurt, going wide open around anywhere. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Was, I didn't see it. And it's, he was definitely near the back, but he did move up one spot and he, I'm sure he moved up a few and just his hand got into it uh, probably swollen and super painful um, you know it's just that's the best you could do yeah now I mean we're not obviously we're not talking too much about what happened in the uh, the overall wins and stuff like that we're talking this is obviously Team Canada uh, focus of course 
uh, out of the front, the top five guys were gone. You know, Eli was actually 33 seconds behind uh, behind fifth place. Yeah, I mean, Tomac was on an absolute uh, rampage. Oh, yeah. He's going through guys, but he wasn't, you know, Sexton was definitely the class of the team. Cooper got went 4-9, I think. He won his, the 250 class, and they almost got on the podium on a 250. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, but, you know, Team USA was, I think they were, they had a real chip on their shoulder, and they really wanted to win being on home, home, sir, uh, home soil. And, uh, you know, having it hadn't won in 11 years or something like that, I heard. So it was just. Yeah, since 2011. Yeah. So, yeah, 12 years, something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. It was cool to be there. I mean, if they're going to come back and win it, it was cool to see them do it on their home turf, like you said. Uh, so that was amazing. But most impressive ride for me, though, has got to be, um, if you think Sexton's going to run away with the uh, Sexton and Ferrandis with the 450 title next year, man, Jet Lawrence on that 450, wow, did he look good. Yeah, he was, up, like they say, uh, they gave him, I know on Pulp, they gave him the star of the event uh, award, like he, and not, it was not an official award, but Pulp <laughs> and them gave him that award. Um Cause he was just, he just looked so good. He, he caught Sexton, made a good pass on him, aggressive pass, but not too gnarly. They're still teammates, but, uh, and I think he, you know, he had some goggle issues. He pulled his goggles off the last two or three laps. And, uh, you know, I think he could have got Gertz at the end, but, uh, Geertz, sorry, I think you should call it Geertz. Uh, <laughs> Geertz. Yeah, Geertz, whatever, I'm Canadian, right? But, uh, Geertz, and, uh, he was just so good. Like, it's just going to be... I don't know. If he gets through Supercross good, I think next year outdoors are going to be uh, very interesting and exciting to watch. Yeah, and we I, we always kind of joke about uh, the, the good gas milers that Ryder, uh, sorry, Ryder, uh, Ryan Derry seems to get. He always, you know, he kind of, it sounded like Ryan Derry. Like he was literally lugging the bike, just cr going so easy on the motor. He made it look, you know, how good Sexton looks, always looks like he's in the right place. I mean, Jet Lawrence looked looked even more comfortable than, than Sexton. Yeah, and it was, he'd only spent a few, like, I know he didn't have a ton of time on that bike, so it's pretty crazy. He's not even the biggest guy either. He's not, he's no, no. not small, but he's not hes not a big monster. So, um, you know, he rode that thing amazing, and that's super cool to see because, like, he is the future uh, of our sport in, in the U.S. So, I mean, that's thats it was just neat to see. I just, I'm happy he did well, and, and I know Mitch Evans from Team Australia had some issues. He went back, I think he finished in the 30s in one moto. I forget which moto that was. But, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it was kind of funny to hear him, you know. So it went USA first with 16 points, France second with 23, and then Australia with 26. But it was weird to, to see Jet won the uh, the Open Class title, right? So he, he won the MX3. Uh, it was funny to hear a few few boos, which is strange. You, don't, you never hear that, right? But now when we're going for your country, it's like, uh, no, we're not giving you any cheers. <laughs> oh, no, it's America, America. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, if you're not... If you're not from America, then you can get out. That's how they usually act, right? But that's, uh, I mean, Jet's there full time, uh, you know, same as Hunter. But it was cool to see that there's still some battling for second, even though USA had a, a pretty good gap, a couple points, I think. Overall, they, uh, it was good to see. They weren't sure who's going to take second. It was either Australia or France. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good battle like that. Yeah, and Hunter Lawrence looked really good too. He was on, he was on the 250, so he looked good. Um, yeah, so in the end, what, Canada finishes 15th, one point ahead of Chile in uh, 16th, and then five points behind Finland. I mean, um, not uh, not where we want to be. No, it's it's just unfortunate. I think we always go in with a ton of expectations because we see these guys do so well on their home turf, and we see them, you know, Dylan did well in MXGP, 
and he did well at this event. It's just one of those things, like I said, I think it was just a melting pot of behind-the-scenes issues that weren't anyone's really their fault. It was just kind of some issues. Like I said, I'm, I'm just not throwing Ryder under the bus, but, I mean, it's a big deal to go to these races and race some of these. Like, we don't see anything like that. Our, our promoters do a great job here in Canada, uh, the event, each each race, but it's nothing like Red Bud or MX of Nations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the uh, the noise, the people, the 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 fact that you're racing the you know the world's best out there it's just just an eye opener for sure it's, a, it's an eye opener from from every side every angle of the event it's an eye opener <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's just one of those things and i think like i said we always have these expectations but it's uh it's just unfortunate and uh you know i think in the future we always say we'll get them next year but what do we need to do uh to get them next year you know what are we doing we're sending our best guys we had our truck we had local stuff like we had all the staff we had everything we needed and we just, it just, like I said, all bad luck. Yeah, like you say, comfort-wise, there that was as comfortable as our guys will ever be able to be, right? Heading, like you say, a drive away in, in you know, two of our three guys were in their home pit, their home truck, their home guys. So, I mean, yeah, we're not going to be more comfortable than that. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. And it's, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Like that maybe is going to be one of the questions you ask is, you know, how do we, we always say get them next year, but how do, how do we? And I don't really know if I have an answer for that. Um, you know, it's 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 just unfortunate. It's uh, you know the guys did it, did great. They they did their best. You know, and like I said, luck is one of those things that happens. Either it works for you or doesn't work for you. Um, I know a lot of them by now are pretty bummed out with how everything went down. I know uh, GDR Honda put out a post that's already really down Canada. And there's a lot of support behind that saying you guys didn't let us down. Like it's just it's racing. It's racing exactly. That's, what, that's why we line up. Yeah, and it's funny, and without we, we need uh, you know okay, so we're all on sand tires, we're all on we're on metal grates. We don't do a lot of metal grate starts around here. You know, you don't get a lot of practice on that. There, um, I know that rider in his first one, he was way on the outside, like fourth or fifth from the outside. So I know the guys were you know a little chalkboarding it up beforehand on the old whiteboard actually, just kind of think okay, here's what we do. You're not going to get the jump on all these 450 guys, so let the guys go ahead cut in behind and try to do the old cut under and hit the inside, right? So that's what Ryder tried. If uh, I don't know if you can see that on the video. I have certainly have the uh, the sequence in photos. You could, yeah. You could, if you were looking for him, you could see it. Um, you know, he, you could see the, all the white, like the red, red and white gear on the red and white bike. You could see him pretty well. He was way back and then yeah. he tried to cut inside. Yeah, so sometimes that works. I mean, <clears> against <throat> these guys, yeah, it didn't end up working all that well. So you you end up in the back, you're fighting. It's just It's just tough, right? I mean, we need... Like we said going into it, guys, we need starts. Everybody get starts. So that, that was that was the tough thing. If you don't get a start here, you're you're kind of sunk. Except for when you have like a a, a crazy ride like what Dylan did. That's just not going to happen for everyone. But uh, yeah, it's just so tough. Yeah, underpowered on the 250 against bigger bikes. Um, you know, new new track, deep track too, right? It's very deep, especially when it's wet. Uh, very sandy now. So it's just he was under. I don't want to say underpowered if his bike wasn't good, but I mean, underpowered against the 450s for sure, so. Yeah. So, I mean, again, awesome to be there. Uh, too bad you couldn't make it there and, and hang out and stuff, but uh, it was, uh, that event is just something. If you've never been to one, you just have to go. And I always, this one had a pretty good atmosphere. Even though it was uh, raining off and on, it was kind of, you know, that way it was kind of crappy. It wasn't hot. Uh, the crowd was amazing, though. The crowd was in, I mean, the whole, uh, you know, the, chainsaws the uh the noisemakers everything the painted faces the flags 
it was pretty good this year. There was uh, there were guys there from all over the world saying they hadn't missed one in 20 years, you know, from Europe and stuff. So they came over. It's just it's pretty cool. But if you've never been to one, I, I say you have to make that a make that a trip for you. Next year it's in France, so uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, bucket list definitely is. Uh, I think Europe is just as crazy, and and uh, you know it makes a whole. It's definitely on the bucket list for me to go. I should have gone this year, just didn't. Um, but yeah, it just looks like it's it's a real festival, and like there's you know th- tens of thousands of people there. And that's another thing I'm not I'm not going to try and harp on Ryder, but I think that's another thing too, right? There's just so many people. We get, you know, five thousand people at an event in Canada, and uh, we think that's a you know it's a big crowd. There's lots of people there, which it, it is for us. But how many? You know, there's like five thousand <laughs> or so. Yeah, I'm just throwing out numbers, but um, you know, you, you look at there. There was how many how many people do you think were in attendance? Did you see any attendance numbers? Because I didn't. But uh, no, I know guys are so, like throwing seventy to hundred thousand around. You, like that's a lot of people that's a lot of things going on and and it's just not you're just not used to it and that can affect you mentally so um yeah it's just it's just a quite the event positives and negatives it's all good stuff to take away yeah i think i think just with starts too if you get a start you just in the mix and you go for it if you don't get a start you're like oh my god who is this guy what am i doing back here in 34th fifth so you know about it's just such a tough thing mentally you know just uh Brutal, you live in yeah, London. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, and you don't, sometimes you don't see, like if you don't know these racers, you don't know how they're going to act, you don't know how they're going to race you as well. And I know they mentioned that with like Sexton not making a pass on Geertz. Uh, Geertz is known to be quite aggressive and he didn't want to go down and ruin the chances for the team. But that's the thing, you don't know these guys, you don't know how they're going to race. And you'd be surprised if some guys for designations or uh, MX Nations will go harder than they would for their own championship because it's a lot of pride, it's a lot of things on the line yeah oh absolutely man and tyler tyler always points that out just how ridiculous guys are in the first uh, first few corners first few laps guys just all over the place crashing over jumping smashing you know just just uh, just chaos yeah it's unfortunate it's just uh the thing (laughs) we'll get them next year yeah the thing i miss about going to europe is all the cool small uh, rvs they have man they should see some of the cool ones over there man it just you don't see that over here that's that's one thing i missed looking at (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a different atmosphere, and and maybe too like when we go overseas, it's, it might be even a little bit less pressure for the guys because they don't know everybody, they don't know there's not Canadian fans there. Maybe it's something that you know is, it changes for us. I don't know, but um, something needs to happen for sure. Yeah, and I want to say I, I know I I spoke with Derek about this too about the uh, the team thing. I mean, we went uh, out for dinner and stuff. I was kind of looking for. Um, you know, some riders didn't want certain foods, or it was going to end up being too late, so we didn't get uh, everybody together. I got there a little bit late, so I missed. Uh, Derek said they did do a couple of speeches and stuff like that, but just the whole team building kind of thing like that. I mean, uh, just to get everybody there and be uh, be as one as a team kind of helps too. You know what I mean? Uh, some people weren't out, uh, and then I went out for Saturday night, and there was none of the team was there when I was there. So it was kind of like, well, where? It's little little things like that. You know what I mean? It just needs uh, that whole cohesive group kind of feeling. I think uh, we missed in a couple spots. I. I you know, I, I don't think that was the case in the pits and everything, but just that you know, night before or stuff like that, it'd be kind of cool. So anyway, just something I noticed. Yeah, it's and that's something you'd notice too, being on the ground there. I wasn't, so I didn't see that. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, I, I know Tyler's familiar. Like he's ridden for Dig before in DDR, and you know, I'm, like I said, that was probably the best home feeling uh, away event we've had. So uh, it's unfortunate it didn't work out for better results, but that's how it goes. Yeah, we're going to be in uh, in a rented pit next year with uh, different stuff, so it's going to be different again. Well, it'd be interesting. And again, I, 
we say this every year, like let's start some hype early. Let's get some, get the industry involved more, to, you know, to uh, get some of the costs down. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the, what the deal is here, what the, what the answer is, but uh, it'd be nice not to have any of that kind of stress. And that's the thing with uh, anybody who takes on the, takes on managing the thing. They're not just going to be the ones to be writing checks like what, uh, like, you know, maybe like what kind of what Carl does. You're going to have to do fundraising. You're not going to be in a position to do that. So it's just different. So, you know, there's more uh, more to it than just uh, than just picking someone else, you know? Yeah, it's going to have to be someone that's, uh, I, you know, I think a current team manager is probably going to be the best. But then again, you run into, um, you know, there's even been talk about DeCoster being Team USA manager. Um, you know, he's pretty removed from that that role or that, that you know, he's been doing it forever. And there's been a lot of talk that, hey, we need to get someone new in there. So uh, maybe someone from the industry. I don't know. But we have to figure that out because it's definitely not the, just the case with us. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. All right, Greg. Well, uh, what else? What else you want, anything else you need to talk about, or have we covered everything we need to cover there? Uh, I think we've covered everything we need to. It's just uh, it's unfortunate the way things went down on the results side, but you know the guys went out and did their best. Uh, you know they never gave up, and you know kudos to everyone on the team. You know Derek and everyone for and the whole GDR squad for just you know stepping up, running out of the rig, driving it down there. You know like Pat Curie, Colton, and, and Braden. Uh, you know Alex and Jeff from Covid. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, this isn't, this doesn't mean anything for us in the overall scheme of it. it's all a passion project. And these guys showed they were true Patriots and answered the call and, and, uh, they've, they've done what they, they had to do. And like I said, unfortunately we didn't work out results wise, but they still went. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I, I want to make sure I mention that too. All the guys, like you mentioned, Alex Parker and Jeff and, and Braden and all the mechanics and everybody helping out and the, and, uh, I'm giving, uh, the uh, miscongeniality to uh, uh, Natalie Wright, certainly uh, Dylan's mom. I'm giving her the uh, can most Canadian award. There's also a dude there with a. Uh, I didn't pick it up right away when I, it's on my video and stuff like that. I have that when I'm going to put it up. But uh, he had this. Uh, it looked like a funnel, you know, a beer funnel kind of thing as he's walking around on a hockey stick. Well, it turns out it was a. Uh, it was a, a Tim Hortons cup, as if you'd be funneling a Tim Hortons uh, cup of coffee. So that was pretty. That was pretty good. Oh jeez, <laughs> I saw Tim a video of Tim Lee with a hockey stick and a with a Canadian flag attached to it. So, I mean, we were there in spirit and like the, the vibes were high. It just unfortunately didn't work out. So, yeah, I mean, not from lack of trying. Yep. Yep. It's just, uh, again, like I always tell people, it makes you appreciate the good days more, you know, those bad days. hundred <laughs> percent. All right, Greg. Well, next on our thing is we're heading down to the Sarnia arena cross. So, uh, that's Friday and Saturday. So that's where we're going to see everybody next, just in a couple days. Yeah. Different vibes. Uh, you know, it'd go from Red Bud indoor and to the hockey rinks. So that's that's the Triple Crown Arena Cross series. Um, excited to see everyone there, and, uh, you know, it should be a good time. All right. Well, hey, uh, yeah, we look forward to that. Uh, I guess we'll be seeing you in a couple of days. We'll see everybody Friday and Saturday. And I just want to say thank you to, uh, you know, everybody on the team for, uh, you know, welcoming me in the, wel welcoming me in the pits and uh, putting up with my nonsense as I walk around putting cameras in everybody's faces and doing interviews and stuff like that. So I appreciate everyone taking the time. I know... You know, when a day doesn't go well, it's not the easiest thing to do is to have a camera in front of you and talk about it. But I appreciate everyone doing that. And, yeah, so I look forward to next year. And, uh, of course, uh, Direct Motocross will be there. Yeah, Billy, you've been annoying them for years. I don't think they want anything to change, so it's all good. <laughs> That's my tagline, <laughs> annoying, annoying them for years. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks very much, everyone, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. All right, thanks, Greg. See you in a couple of days. Yep, bye.